listening to the Women's Online Wellness Podcast, a podcast all about your health and wellness issues that affect you every day. We want to educate, entertain, and maybe make you giggle a little along the way. No annoying statistics or jargon here, just information you can use every day to be healthier, happier, and less boring. All right, here's your host, OBGYN Dr. Ron Eaker. Hey everybody, it's Dr. Ron Eaker and welcome to another edition of the Women's Online Wellness Podcast. You know, one thing I cherish about this podcast is we really try to make it practical and pragmatic. We don't really care that much about theory, although yes, I do spend some time in academics, but the majority of time this is meant to be something that can be practical, something that you can begin to apply today to make a difference in your life and your health. And certainly that applies to today's topic. Today's topic is five things you can do to live to a hundred. You know, I used to always think that, you know, I really didn't want to live to a hundred, but now as I just turned 60, actually 110 doesn't look so bad. Now that's with a caveat. I don't want to, I want to be a vigorous 110 year old. I ascribe to the theory, maybe call it hope, of what's known as rapid terminal senescence. In real world English, that means being fit at a fiddle until the very end. Who wants to live to 100 if the last 20 years of that lifetime is spent simply drooling in the bed while the nurse tries to change your bedpan? The baby boomers have changed the world every decade that they've entered and subsequently exited. Think back, in the 60s they started a revolution. In the 70s they burned their bras. In the 80s they all went back to work. In the 90s they discovered Metamucil and 401ks. And now they all want to live like Methuselah. So as a public service to me, I am a baby boomer by the way, Here are five things that you need to do to live past 100. And that is living past 100 and not be wandering around the neighborhood in your underwear. Number one, be a part of a community. Every study on longevity supports the idea that folks who are isolated tend to have a shorter lifespan. This seems logical as I don't see folks like the Unabomber living to ripe old ages, but a community plays a vital role for us because we are communal animals. Our psychology, our well-being is based on the associations that we have with others. Now, it doesn't have to be a vast community. You don't have to have 38 best friends. Simply having one or two close people that you can count on for companionship and trust and caring and love and nurturing, that that supplies the need. Even if you have 6,000 friends on Facebook, that probably doesn't count as a community. As I mentioned, these communities can be anything from a work environment to a church community. It can be a social club or even an online chat room, although there are some studies that, again, question how much community benefits an individual when it's more of a virtual community. Now, obviously, some communities may actually be bad for your health. The KKK comes to mind as an example. But in general, staying socially engaged is very 
healthy. In fact, one of the most interesting studies looking at longevity called the blue, a book note called The Blue Zones by Dan Butner talks about religious communities in particular. And they determined that one of the most effective tools for helping religious individuals stay well and healthy is the community that results from going to church, participating in religious observances. That provides a nurturing, healthy community that for many people actually extends their healthy longevity. Number two, stay active. I mean, those of you who know me know that I am the evangelist for exercise. Now, when I talk about staying active for longevity, that doesn't mean you have to run a marathon. In fact, there are some studies that show prolonged marathon running actually could create an issue for longevity, but I tend to ignore those because I want to be 90 and still running marathons. But simply moving and using muscles is intimately linked to longevity. I mean, just think about it. We have 206 bones in our body and over 500 muscles, and every single one of those is designed with one thing in mind, and that's to be moving. Walking, running, playing pickleball, anything that keeps you upright fighting gravity can be beneficial. It has to be something you enjoy doing. It has to be something that you'll do on a regular basis. People always ask me, what's the best exercise? Well, that's easy. The best exercise is the one that you'll do. Now, I don't have time to go into just the legions of benefits of exercise. Just note that as it relates to longevity and well-being, if you don't use it, you will lose it. Number three, believe in something. Now, that sounds a little strange to people when we're talking about physical well-being, but there's no question that having a strong belief system in something will help with your longevity. While our religious, moral, ethical, and spiritual practices vary as much as Oprah's dress sizes, one common theme is that people who have a sense of purpose tend to live longer. This was evident in Viktor Frankl's famous book that he wrote while he was in the Nazi death camps called Man's Search for Meaning when he made the distinction that it seemed that those who tended to survive the death camps really shared only one characteristic and that was that they had a sense of purpose. They had a sense of meaning. They believed in something. Once individuals lost that, once they lost that hope in the future, that belief in something, their will to live declined. Now this purpose, this belief can come from spiritual or secular places, but it has to be internalized. If you don't really believe, you don't really achieve. In other words, when I say you have to believe in something, I mean something transcendent, something that goes beyond yourself, something that's greater than yourself. Studies have shown that it doesn't much matter what you believe, but that you believe. If the flying spaghetti monster is your thing and you sincerely think that your purpose in life is to create the best tomato sauce for that spaghetti monster's topping, then more power to you. 
Of course, having a good mental health is another pillar of long life. So if you're a big believer in the flying spaghetti monster, you might have some other issues that need to be addressed way beyond just simply belief. Number four, eat less. We all eat too much. It's just a fact of our Western culture. I mean, we all eat too much. Unless you're channeling a concentration camp inmate, you too, my friend, are probably eating too much. The fact that 65% of our population is overweight seems to confirm that. I realize more than most that being overweight is much more than just how much you eat. But the fact remains, we all eat too many calories. Studies show that just decreasing a caloric intake by 5%, I mean, that may be as, as little as two or 300 calories a day, can improve our health and improve our longevity. People who reduce their calorie intake live longer. It's just a fact. Trash those ding-dongs and blast away those blizzards. It's time to push away from the table and pra- practice Hari Hashi Boo. That means eating until you're 75% full and then just stop. As Nancy Reagan used to say, just say no. If you eat till you're 80% full and then you stop, it gives your body a chance to catch up. When you're actually probably already full, you're, there's just a lag time between when those signals get sent to the brain. So if you stop when you say, I'm, I'm pretty much almost full, by the time your body really sends those signals, uh, you will have reduced that extra 20% and made a difference. And finally, be quiet. Take a few minutes each day to just sit or lie or crouch or just be quiet. You don't have to do some fancy schmancy meditation thingy. Just take deep breaths and still that rapid fire brain. People who do this in some form or another live longer and most of them commit fewer felonies. We live in a hurry-up world, but ironically, slowing down can improve productivity, health, and wellness. But slowing down can shorten your lifespan. Now, this doesn't apply to the fast lane of the interstate, however. Slowing down there can shorten your lifespan, so you've got to put all these suggestions into context. But doing simple meditative exercises, even for as little as three to five minutes on a daily basis, has been shown to improve the immune system, to decreased anxiety, and all that leads to increased longevity. Now, needless to say, there are many more practices that can get you that century of life, but adopting one or all of these ones that we've talked about today is simply a good place to start. Well, that's all I have today. I'm going to go out and run, try to practice what I preach, But just remember, until next time, make healthy choices. Thank you for listening to the Women's Online Wellness Podcast. To join the conversation, access show notes, and discover bonus content, join our private Facebook community by sending a request to Women's Online Wellness. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to hear more, Just head over to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and leave a review. For questions about the podcast or to get more information, 
Email Dr. Eaker at R-E-A-K-E-R at yahoo.com. Thank you for listening, and until next time, choose to be healthy. Thank you.